Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Okay, we're just chit-chatting here about turtlenecks and crewnecks. Yeah, are we fans or not fans? Yeah, I'm wearing today like a turtleneck with a kind of, what would you call this neckline? I think those are called varsity, like aren't they called like varsity sweatshirts? Yeah, or like quarter zip. Like a rugby quarter zip. Where the collar kind of like flops over, you know? Like all the trendy gals. Yeah. Do you have your Ugg minis or ultra minis on? Not on today. Oh, not on today. You do have your split hem flares. Yes, yes. I'm going to try these out. They're a little different, but I like Alex Moore, our friend. Shout out. She is so good at like thrifting and putting together cool outfits. And she had like a Nike crew neck on with this just like white turtleneck the other day. And that's why I was inspired. So, but then we were talking about how you get so hot. Like it is nice to have the layers, but mm-hmm. then you get really hot. Yeah. But we saw that Claudia, one mm-hmm. of our faves. Mm hmm. You saw it, really. Yeah. has an Amazon tank. It's like a tank turtleneck, mm-hmm. and they're really thin. So then you're not burning up yeah, while wearing a, the turtleneck. If you don't know who Claudia is, because she's just like, Claudia, she's just a podcaster that we like that does like a pop culture podcast. So anyways, that's what we're conversing about as we jump into today's topic. Yeah, I would love to hear y'all's opinions of do you love the turtleneck or no? You know, I've really been reflecting because we... <laughs> sounds so deep. We talked earlier, like on our winter bonus episode and just earlier around the holidays at how like we get confused of like when is winter actually happening and I keep thinking I've been so desperate for a really good snow and we had like a false snow day this week where basically we could have been getting a lot but honestly by like 8 p.m the night before it was very clear that we were not going to get much snow but all of our public schools and like my daughter's preschool like canceled school welcome to Missouri but then like nothing else was canceled so it was just this like fake out of a snow day because it was like the roads were totally clear like it literally melted and so it was like you still had to go do all your other normal stuff but then my kids were home so anyways I was thinking about how oh my gosh like we're not going to get a good snow day and then I remembered it's not even February yet Mm -hmm. and it often snows in February our biggest snowstorm last year we had gone to Disney World at the end of February and flew in and got snowed in St. Louis because I-70 was like shut down oh yeah we like often have snow in February it's not weird to have it in March and every once in a while we get like an April so I'm holding out hope yep how only I hope I thought when you brought up the winter bonus episode, you were finally going to tell all of our listeners and set the story straight that since you were so sassy and argued with me so much about the coat situation. And then since then, you have come back to me and said, actually, Christian, after seeing your coats, I recognize like, oh, wait, I do actually have okay. all those coats, too. No. I have a raincoat. Here's and the thing. I have a ski coat. This is and I have a. Yes, that is all true. But multiple people actually damned go back and look at the DMs. They're like, this is not what I thought she meant by coats. And I'm like, same here. What do you mean by coat? Okay. Like a ski jacket is a coat. Like when you go skiing, you have a coat for that. I'm not disagreeing with you, but when you were having that conversation, you were wearing like a fashionable coat. And so when you're saying like, I have 15 coats, I'm not thinking about like my ski jacket, my raincoat, my parka that I go play in the snow with on a grungy snow day. Like I'm not considering all those. I thought you meant like fashionable statement coats. Well, she's not willing to say it here now, guys, but she did say. I'm like, Christian, no, I have I all probably those have all those too. No, I'm like, I do have all of those. I have two ski jackets. I have a raincoat. I have and a long parka. Yeah. Again, I thought you were wearing like a, you were wearing She's like a fashion coat. This is a fashion coat. And I have like one other of those. So that's what I thought we were talking about. And in that case, I only have two. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Well, there you go, guys. I thought we just said it straight. Anyways, She's getting again. A little, shouldn't have brought it a up. A little bit of like just miscommunication about what kind of coat we were discussing. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, okay. Wait, there was something funny someone DM'd about that too. But I, I had remember. I have had so many people almost every time I get on stories or Instagram or see someone in person now that listens yeah. to our podcast, they're like, oh, whatever coat today. Oh, and yeah. they'll always talk about my coat. Since so now funny. I feel like I've been getting roasted for yeah. it. Coat so I feel girl. like I have, coat to coat girl. You. I have to roast you. No, it's good. It's good. So welcome to our friendship, everyone. Yeah. If okay. you feel uncomfortable, this is just... Huge. We're fine. We're fine. Everything's okay, fine. Okay, but today we're actually talking about something that I feel actually really passionate about because I just feel like I have really felt freedom and I've learned a ton about this topic. I feel like I've had to be really refined in this topic. And so today we're talking about kind of just our time and really like how full is your plate and are you stewarding your time and just all of your responsibilities well, really. Yeah, this idea came from, well, personally, Christian and I will share our journeys with how we've experienced it, but specifically from kind of my mother-in-law who teaches like some women's Bible studies. A few years ago, she gave this illustration. So I want to give her credit, although she very well could have like heard this illustration from somewhere else too. There's two like pictures I want to paint. So in life, picture you're at this buffet. Probably not going to tell it as well as she does, but you are at this beautiful, fancy buffet. I'm going to go back. Like the last time I had a buffet, I guess that's kind of out since COVID. Not going to lie, the only buffet I'm thinking of right now is growing up. My family, every Sunday after church, we would go to this place called Bing Dragon. Oh. And it was like a Chinese buffet. Oh. And so that's like all I thought about when I heard Gayla speak about this. That's the buffet I thought about. And okay. even now, I'm still imagining the Ming Dragon buffet. My husband was just up. We're in our studio and he came up to say hi, like out in the lobby. And we was hanging out. And I wish I could run out there right now and be like, Christian also likes the Chinese buffet because sometimes he'll be like, babe, let's just go find like a nasty Chinese buffet. And yeah. I like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's amazing. Okay. So all this to say, like some people love a good Chinese buffet. I'm picturing, I think I've been to like one buffet since COVID and it was actually at Big Cedar, which is like nice. And it was a really good buffet. And it's like your senses just start to emerge. There's so many options. Think so many about, options. Like, this amazing buffet. So what happens is you get your plate, you walk up to the buffet, okay, and you start out. Well, you start putting your mashed potatoes on, and then you got to get your salad, and then you have a little bit of, I'm kind of, why am I going like Thanksgiving, Southern, Southern <laughs> I don't know. You're like loading up your plate. Same vibes at Thanksgiving though, or Christmas, yes. like any family gathering where it's just like a potluck. Yes. Like lots think of, of potluck, options. okay, here we are in You're the You're not Midwest. being served like a... We're getting really into this. A coursed meal. Yeah, a coursed meal. So you start filling up your plate, but oh no, your plate is literally overflowing. Oh, you've got to turn back and go eat what you have. But you look ahead and look at the rest of this buffet with all those options. And you see at the very end, two of your favorite foods are at the very end and you didn't even, you didn't even get the chance to put them on your plate. So, and then you're going to go and eat your plate and you're going to mm -hmm. be full, you're full and you're not even going to be able to do the, your favorite things or maybe the best things that were at the end. You didn't leave any room for the end. And what's sorry, what, Gayla Miller, we are, we chopping, are butchering this. this example. But you guys get the point. Like the dessert is at the end and you miss the best thing or whatever. And I heard this 
analogy. Analogy. This illustration. And it spoke to me so well. And I think about it probably every few months. Like I have to go back to this analogy because I was in a place in my life and I still like will drift back into this. We'll kind of talk about how I feel like I have to constantly reassess. But where my plate, my schedule is so full that when good things would come along or things that actually bring me a lot of life of like getting to go sit with a friend in a last minute moment when they're going through something hard or saying yes to a like weekend trip plan or saying yes to even like doing something with my husband. Spontaneous dinner. Nothing like that could ever happen because our schedules, our plates, quote unquote, were so full. And it's like, I think that's how most of us live. And it doesn't matter. Maybe you're sitting there thinking like, well, I don't have that many friends, but your schedule's still full with commitments you make or responsibilities that you take on that you should be saying no to. And so this is kind of where this concept is bred from. Yeah. I mean, I have so many thoughts, guys, because if you know me personally or just even from listening to this podcast, I feel like we know each other. And I just love to do a lot of different things. I have a lot of different interests. I love people. I just like to do a lot of stuff. And so I have pretty much, I feel like, been on this journey in my life, especially in my adulthood, especially becoming a wife, a mom, learning more about myself, I hope becoming more wise. I have really had to work on this. And I'm convinced that it's actually also the same thing that God's going to continue to use to work on me probably for the rest of my life. And I think it's one thing to think about this with your time. But I think what we're also talking about is how full is your plate with like, financially committing to things or relationally committing to things or yeah, yeah just with your time or yeah. energy. And I just think we have to be, if we call ourselves Christians and followers of Christ, then we have to be thoughtful about things in our life. And being thoughtful about it is really kind of assessing the current situation, but then making adjustments where there need to be adjustments, praying through what do you have for me in this area, and then marching forward in a way that's going to be more life-giving, but also like sacrificial of your time or resources. Yeah, I think something that I've had to learn is like I have had to learn and get comfortable with saying no to really good things. And I know that sounds like, well, duh. But I guess my point is, I remember when I heard this and I made this inventory of like, okay, here's relationships I have going on. Here's commitments, whether those are tangible scheduled things like small groups, I'm in Bible studies, or here's ways I'm serving, or here's commitments, X, Y, and Z. There wasn't really anything that was obvious to cut. It's not like, oh, I put 10 you hours be like, that's a giant a waste of time to Netflix or whatever. I mean, obviously those things slip in, but yeah, there was nothing blaring bad. And so what I had to really get comfortable with, and I still have this experience when I tell someone no to something good. I still feel sometimes like a little bit of, oh, you're not like judgment. And so I think this goes both ways that like we have to trust other believers, like other girls in our community or whoever it is, that they are being wise and thoughtful. If they're saying no, we need to trust that they've thought that through and there's a reason behind that, whether there is or not, but give people that benefit of the doubt. And then also, I just had to stop caring if people thought that. I mean, just last week, there was a serving opportunity at our church that our friend group was like all kind of getting to do together. And I really, really actually wanted to do it. So I go on, I look at our calendar, I look at the date, and based on some boundaries that my husband and I have put for our weeknights, and then looking at what we have, you know, it's always in context, like, okay, if we didn't have anything the weekend before, maybe that would be easier to swing or this or that. And we ended up saying no to doing that, not because I didn't want to serve, not because I didn't think it was an awesome opportunity, but because like, you cannot do it all. And part of that is being thoughtful too, of like, well, 
Am I only choosing to do selfish things? Am I serving ever? Am I like giving in a time that is inconvenient? And those things are already in play in our life. And so I had to say no to that. And it's like, I even feel this guilt of like, well, I should just do it because it's serving. But it's like, no, that's where we get ourselves into these overwhelmed states. You even say that. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's interesting of like, how do we navigate this with people who do it differently than we do? Obviously, we are called into community with other believers. And so we should be seeking wisdom from others, first and foremost from God. But then after you have prayed and sought wisdom there, then it's like very wise to also seek wisdom from other people who you do life with and to live in the same kind of like life narrative of being a Christian themselves as well. And so I think that's interesting because like I come into this conversation, sometimes I actually feel I shared recently with someone, again, me being someone who really likes to do a lot of different things, I have a high capacity. And that's something that when other people come to me, and sometimes I've really had to work through feeling almost like frustrated or shameful when people are like, you do so much. How do you do it all? Because maybe there's someone who has a lower capacity than me. And I feel this like almost shame from them of saying, and it's not on them at all. It's like for sure my problem. But I have felt before like, oh, shoot, am I doing too much? And again, it's the same way that God is just refining me. But I think we have to take into account people have different capacities. You and I were talking recently even about the serving opportunity or there was something a few weeks ago that we were both invited to something. And you said like, no, I honestly just like can't. And me as your good friend, like I knew some of those things that you and Justin had been talking through. And I was like, yeah, like I'm bummed because like I wish we could do that together, but like makes sense. And I think that's smart. And so I do think we really have to take into consideration. It's a hard thing to be challenged by, but we do need to be challenged by some people in how we're spending our time or money or just what we have been given in that. But also you have to bring other people in. And so being discerning of who those people are and also taking into account how people do life differently. And that's where I get into trouble or I used to get into trouble with this because that thing that was a few months ago that we both were invited to, it's like technically I was totally free that night. But what I would used to do is I would look at my calendar. If if I was free and I wanted to do it, I would just say yes. Yes, yes, yes. But I wasn't taking into account okay, my daughter's five now. There's things I'm missing out on if I'm not home on a weeknight with her to debrief school and to get to be a part of her bedtime routine. Now, there's nights that I do miss that and that's okay too, but there's just so many things. Well, is this important in like relational capital of the fact that like, I feel God pressing me into a relationship with this person. So I feel more of a call to say yes to this. Like there's so many things that now I consider before saying yes or no that used to, I would just flippantly be like, I either can or I can't based on my schedule. And that's where I think there's been such a shift for me because intentionally leaving open space in our calendar feels really, really hard. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, sometimes I've had to get over like, well, I don't have anything for the next three weekends. And you kind of have to do this like, well, that means I'm not valuable. That means I no one likes me. I'm not popular. I don't have plans. Like, I need to fill that. And I've tried to be so good about, no, let me leave that space because I don't know what God has in store and not in an over spiritual way. Sometimes it's like there could be really fun opportunities to like get with friends last minute. And sometimes those kind of hangouts end up being so much fun or it could be just open time for rest that I'm not anticipating needing for my family. And we get to that open weekend and I'm so thankful based on the week we've had, maybe that we don't have plans and we get to all rest. And I don't know. Or you and I have also found a lot of freedom in being able to, again, I don't say this because we do it well. I'm saying we're both a work in progress for sure. But I feel like I've felt so much freedom in like, yeah, we have. I mean, my husband and I, again, we've really tried to work pretty hard on this, at least like for the last six months now as a family. I've worked on this for a while personally. 
personally, but it is really freeing. I mean, it's uncomfortable to have so many nights at home just like with no plans, but then it's also super freeing. Literally last night, my daughter had dance and we invited a random family from dance. Like, do you guys want to go eat Mexican with us? Because we, I was like, I don't really feel like cooking. I don't really want what I was going to have. And that sounded fun. And it was a great opportunity just for community and spontaneity in Again, not to like over spiritualize it, but genuinely being like, God, like, what do you have with my time? Okay, cool. Like, this sounds great. Yeah, I mean, it's also good. And again, it is really specific to each family's needs, where they're at with their kids. Maybe your kid is going through a season where you're like, we're just going to have to say more to things than we typically would. But like right now, this is what's best for our family. Were you going to say something else? Well, yeah. I mean, I think you mentioned there just like mentally, like where am I leaving space for myself or physically, where am I leaving space for myself? And so when we talk about the capacity that different people have, I think you also have to take into account. And so I think this conversation almost feels like if you were thinking of like a mountain, like the peak of like a conversation, this conversation almost feels like the peak of it for me or like kind of on the downfall of we've talked a lot about friendship. We've talked a lot about time. We've talked a lot. We talked with Addison about being faithful in mundane things. And I think kind of all these conversations build to this situation though, like genuinely how full is your plate with all these things? Are you stewarding your time well? Are you stewarding relationships well? Are you taking into account how you're just being faithful in what what life looks like. And that's going to look different all the time. You and I have recently talked a lot about mentally where we're at that a lot of time with my husband, I just need to say like, hey, I need you to take on some of the mental load. And so part of me with how full is my plate is like genuinely how much am I committing to like think through? I have a wedding planning business. I work full time. And for me right now with two toddlers at home, like I'm pretty capped with just all of those things thinking through. And so I feel like recently it's given me actually less margin to like check in with friends genuinely to be like, hey, I said I would pray about that thing. I prayed about it when you asked me. And then I actually never followed up a week later and I feel really bad. And I'm noticing, oh, that's like a part of me not taking into account my mental capacity right now. And I got to change that because after 5 p.m., I'm not just like wiping a butt of a little baby. I have to actually talk and like have conversations with my little five-year-old. Like, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I'm saying like it's taken a different mental load than what I've ever had before. And so I'm trying to take recon. If we're going to be people who like are willing to refine, we kind of have to assess like what is my current situation? Constantly, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard. Yeah. And we say this all the time. Like we live in a college town. So I think I'll just forever operate out of like semester, call it season semesters. But like we literally do that. Like we just did that after Christmas going into January. Like what is our spring look like? What are we committed to? What trips do we have? Okay. So we have to do that. And then into summer, like summer is a very different season. Like for me, at least with my daughter being out of school and it's just going to look different. And then that'll change into the fall. Like you have to constantly be changing. Maybe it's even like a few weeks, you know, that your husband's going on a big work trip. And so it's like you intentionally have to think ahead and think, okay, for these two weeks, like I know I'm going to need these things in place, whatever it is. But it's all so, so good to think through. And there was another illustration that we wanted to talk about that Gayla also, again, maybe she got it from someone else, but we'll give her the credit for it. But she gave this really good illustration of the fact that like in life, you know, you're kind of juggling these balls or I can't remember how she said it, but like you're juggling, you're juggling all of these things. So we all know that feeling. We're trying to keep like a billion things in the air. So yes, all these things are in the air. And one thing might be like making dinner that night. And another thing might be like navigating my daughter's processing her adoption. Okay. So like that's the gamut of where these things could be. One thing could literally be like making the dentist appointments and another thing could be like repairing broken marriage. Yeah. Like there's such a range. And so her point was you're juggling all of these things and things are going to drop. Balls are going to drop. Because we're human. Because we're not perfect. Exactly. We can't control everything. 
Exactly. We as women got to get over it. Exactly. We have to be people that are thoughtful about, but what balls are basketballs that are going to drop and just bounce to the side and like the world's not falling apart. So like if I can't get dinner one night, my world isn't going to fall apart when that basketball bounces down and just dribbles to the side. Your kids can eat frozen we'll go get chicken Chick-fil-A. nuggets. Yep. But some of those balls might be beautiful crystal glass balls that if those drop, that's a lot bigger damage than the basketball that rolled to the side of the gym. Like I'm creating more damage. And so when we're looking at things, like I think a lot of times in my life, the way I prioritize these balls are like, it's a more outward focus of like, well, I'm going to prioritize the things that like make me look like I have all these balls in the air that look better or that to other people would serve them or that I wouldn't let them down if I hold this ball up in the air. But when I think about it, I'm like, no, that ball could bounce and be fine. But this other ball that I've been letting tip to the side is actually the most fragile one that I should be prioritizing. And so those two images with the buffet and the holding the balls up in the air and juggling all the things like constantly come into my brain. Because here's the thing, if you're sitting here saying, well, like, how do I know if my plate's too full? Or how do I know if I'm prioritizing the wrong thing? Like, you will eventually see because your life, it will like bleed out in your life. You will feel overwhelmed. You'll have a breakdown one week. I mean, I'm saying you'll have a breakdown because we've both been there. You'll have these danger moments where you're like, no, something has to change today. And it's a lot easier to plan ahead and have gradual changes of things than to be in this like crisis mode, figuring it out. I think it's really good for us to take some time to like really genuinely look at your life and say, how can I take recon of like, how am I maybe like, I mean, I ask my husband and like my closest friends, like I can be really transparent with them. And I'm so thankful for that. And so I hope you guys have people in your life you can do that too with. But I think you really have to sit there and say, okay, like, I mean, I'm a visual person. So like, literally, I remember when Gayla told us this, like, I wrote down like, what are my crystal balls? What is like a basketball or a tennis ball? What is something that like it will? It's like maybe a bowling ball. Like it will just fall to the ground and I probably won't. It won't, it won't pick back it back up. up. But yeah. like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, so like I think you kind of have to assess. And then in the same way, I know I've mentioned on this podcast, like different ways I think about relationships, not to be negotiating like who's the better friend or not. But like we as humans can't do it all. I mean, Jesus himself had like 12 besties. And even in those 12 besties, he had even a closer he wasn't just as close. Yeah. yeah. And so why do we think that we can do it any different? And so I just think we really have to be people to actually like assess that. The things that red flags to me in my life, especially in just the season I am at, there are certain times where I'm like, oh, wow, like, I just t- told my friends recently, like, I'm really needing prayer. It's not even like an outward expression of my frustration. But I feel like recently I have inwardly in my head thought really awful things or gotten really extremely bothered by when things don't go my way. And that could be as simple as like getting my kids in the car in the morning. If I'm rushed and I'm just like, like literally yeah, we've exploding all been there. in yeah. like outwardly or in my head, like I'm like, this is literally screwing up my entire day. I act like the world is falling apart. And I'm like, no, I'm maybe 10 minutes late to a meeting. And like, that is okay. Or like maybe it's with my husband or maybe it's just with when I get a flat tire on the side of the road. Am I just like blowing up out of control again? Like my world is falling apart or am I just saying like, oh, this is a bummer. This stinks. I'm going to have to miss whatever or whatever. But like that's not the end of the world. And I think you can kind of take recon of small little ways that maybe you're acting out of line and really like the perspective of a situation. And those are really good red flags for me to say like, wow, I need to reassess something. 
Yeah, I like to say that too. Like a lot of times I can tell this with my husband or we'll say like, okay, but your reaction wasn't warranted for the offense. Like it was not an equal reaction to the offense kind of thing. And sometimes that's how like we know emotionally we're not in a good place because if one of us is flipping out about the one little thing, well, we all know if you've been in marriage more than like a day that that's probably because there's something bigger. Yeah, any relationship. There's something bigger, deeper down that needs to be resolved. And so it's the same thing in our life. Yeah, if like every little thing that you're going to I even think in a practical sense, like if you're rushed from thing to thing in your day, like there is no space to just like experience life. There's no space to like experience God in those moments. And I think you're coming across to the world as like a rushed, overfilled person that like I don't have time for any of these things kind of. And those days happen, but those are like more practical, like everyday things that I say, okay, when I have days like that, I'm just like, that's not how I want to live. Yeah, for sure. I am like super thankful. I mean, it's kind of a weird schedule. People, most people don't work like this, but because I work at our local church, I am on, I work Sunday through Thursday. So I'm off Fridays and Saturdays are my weekend. And Friday, as a new mom, I remember when I got this job, I felt really insecure about still taking my kids to daycare. And Some days for sure I keep them home, but now we actually record on Fridays and I do kind of have like a busier day. But really for a long time, I would often check in with my husband of like, how am I using my Fridays? I felt like because I'm such an achiever, I felt this really need to like do all of the things. And so some Fridays, I mean, we would get to 5 p.m. and I would be like, tell me how great I am because I've done this, 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 and I did this and I met with these four people. And he's like, whoa, maybe you should just like chill. I mean, not to be all spiritual about it, but he genuinely was like, when are you Sabbathing? Like, when are you actually just resting? And it was really good for me. And then there's other times that I can use my Fridays to just say, like, I'm going to sit around and read this morning. And I'm actually just going to light a candle and drink my coffee and stare out the window because that sounds enjoyable. Or there's times where I can say, oh, I'm going to go serve in this way, or I'm going to go fill in a few hours working on this thing because I need to get that done. And so again, it's not, I feel like we're people who want to find a solution and then forever do that and never take recon again of like, oh, maybe something needs to change. But like even just in a small example, I have had to reassess my Fridays because they're kind of like my little sacred day I take. I've had to reassess it like probably every week, probably every other week. I have to say like, did I use that well? Or how could I use that day off to maybe better serve my family or other people or just like what I needed in that moment. And I think we have to be willing to go back to the table time and time again, to the buffet table, you may say, and reassess how we're like filling up our plate. Yeah. And leaving those holes and also getting comfortable. I already said this, but like, I think it sounds duh when you hear me say it, but it's really hard to leave open space in your calendar because there's always things we could fill it with. And so it just feels comforting to be like, well, that's filled, that's filled. Or we think if we have open space, like we need to be using that space well. So like, oh, we should invite someone over then that night for dinner, or we should commit to those plans with that couple. And it's like, you're so right. We've lost the art of Sabbath. And whether you believe it needs to be like on one specific day or more of this, like taking time to truly like rest and reflect and worship God with that time, there's two different kind of belief categories on that, but there has to be space for that. And if if you're constantly filling your life, there literally cannot be space physically and more emotionally. Mm-hmm. And if I'm being really vulnerable, I mean, it's not even that vulnerable, but like in the spaces that I'm just trying to fill my time all the time with whatever it may be, again, it could be probably a lot of good things like you were mentioning. What am I actually wanting? I'm actually wanting control. I'm actually saying, no, God, I have a better vision for my time. I can do this by myself. Get out of it. I don't need you here. I've got this under control. And what happens? 
normally falls apart. Normally, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm so stressed. I'm lashing out at my husband. I'm lashing out at my friends. I'm not a good friend. I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good mom. And so I'm like, gosh, why do I do it time and time again? And so that's what I think we all have to really assess in our lives of how am I really actually believing God for who he says he is in my life and how he controls my time and the allocation of my mental space and my finances versus really wanting to control it ourselves. Yeah, this is all really good. I feel like to wrap it up, one thing if you're sitting here like, okay, well, what can I do? Like, this is me. What could I do right now today? I've shared this before, but I'll just say it again. The year my daughter was born, I was feeling chaotic. I was feeling like no day was productive and I was overwhelmed and I had already committed to like mentoring a bunch of college girls. And so I felt like I was just dragging my six month old to different coffee shops every day and just feeling frustrated by her when she then needed me to hold her or, you know, like typical things that happens in the life of a newborn. It was just an adjustment for me like it is for most people. But I stopped like three weeks into that and physically wrote down, someone led me to do this. I did not come up with this on my own. I had to write down what I was going to say yes to down to the specific people I was going to continue to meet with. And then I literally had to say no to everything else. And that's how extreme I needed to go for a while. And when you do that, there are certain commitments and things that you can't just drop right away. But at least to take recon of all that stuff, then you can know, okay, I have to do this for six more weeks, but then I'm not going to recommit to that. Or I'm going to take this off my plate right now because I can, even though I wish I didn't have to, I need to do that because this other thing I can't take off my plate. So it allows you to evaluate everything and then just be really good about what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I've shared on the podcast before, my husband and I kind of in a cheesy way, but we had this marriage mission statement. We just talked about like, what is, it was a family mission statement. It was like, what is our family mission statement? And if things don't align with this, we got to reassess. And even if they align with it, we still got to reassess. Because again, there's a lot of things that could equal really good and great things. But really, what are we feeling like God is wanting to do with our time and all of the areas of our lives if we really think that he's in control of all that? Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.